Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. Putting STEM into every classroom, every day. Well, I think this is a first for the STEM Everyday Podcast. Uh, Welcome to today's show. I'm your host, Chris Woods, and today we get to talk with a children's author, Andrea Beatty is with us, and Andrea has written a variety of educational uh, young children's books, and um, in fact, some of the most uh, recent and most popular ones uh, are Iggy Peck Architect and Rosie Revere Engineer and Ada Twist Scientist, so if you've heard of those, uh, we get to talk with Andrea Beatty today, so welcome to the show, Andrea. Thank you. I'm pleased to be here. Well, um, first off, I, d- I just want to ask you, you share on your, on your website at andreabatey.com, that's B-E-A-T-Y, if anybody um, doesn't know how to spell Andrea Beatty. Um, you grew up in Southern Illinois playing with your five siblings, and, and, and that was impactful enough to you that you shared that right there on, on, on your site for the whole world to read. That, does that impact how you wrote these books, these, these ideas, these stories you share? Uh, that really had an impact on everything. I was raised, you know, long ago. Uh, dinosaurs weren't quite roaming the earth. But, uh, I was I was born in 1961, so I was raised at a time when there wasn't 24/7 television or you know computers or you know Wi-Fi to to internet to really distract a person. Uh, so we, our amusement was to run out through the fields with our dogs and and just go on adventures all the time. And as a result of that, we really had to make our own fun. So we were constantly imagining adventures and imagining stories to go with whatever we were doing that day. Uh, there was always a quest and a, a, some sort of fun adventure. And, and that really made me develop my imagination better. And storytelling was a very big part of my family, often in the form of jokes. <laughs> so uh, humor was a big, big thing. We always, uh, our sport was to try to make each other laugh to the point that someone else would fall down and beg for mercy. So the last man standing was, the, was the, the king or the queen of being funny that day. Wow. So at least we thought we were funny. We may not have been. There's oh. also that possibility. I'm sure you were. I'm sure you guys were, were <laughs> hilarious. Like every kid's jokes are hilarious. We ed- Educators, we well, listen to those kids' jokes all the time, right? <laughs> We were legends in our own minds, to be sure. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you, so you grew up, and, and you didn't immediately become an author. You, you studied biology. You studied computer science. You went to work for a software company. And, and eventually, I, somehow along the line, you ended up writing children's books. I did. And that no one is really more surprised by this whole trajectory than I am. I really never set out to be an author of any kind. I'm one of those people who sort of goes along and, and says, oh, I don't know about that. I'll try that thing and, and see where that takes me. And so that, that led me through biology and computer science. And as part of my uh, time as in the software company, I started doing technical writing, mm-hmm. which on one hand was incredibly boring. <laughs> it was really the cure for insomnia. It was crazy <laughs> dull. But it was also remarkable training, uh, ultimately, though I did not have any clue I wanted to do this at the time. It was great training for learning to write for kids because when you write for kids, you have to get to the point because kids are busy and they have things to do and they will not sit around for a boring story. You got right, to get to the point, make it, yeah, make it clear, 
and be funny if you can or engaging and creative mm-hmm. and tell a good story. And so it wasn't until I had kids of my own that I really rediscovered um, picture books because when I was young, there were certainly the picture books and some marvelous ones, but yep. not like, not like there are now or even 20 years ago. So uh, I always tell kids when I meet them, you know, go out in life. You don't have to know what you want to do. It's actually kind of a gift to not know the thing you ultimately want to do. Go explore what intrigues you. Go explore uh, anything that looks interesting. And some of it you're not going to like. Some of it you're going to love. But everything you do, if you do your best at it and you try to learn everything you can, is like putting a tool into your tool bag. And eventually, one day, you'll be the one person who has just the right set of tools to do a thing and you don't even maybe know now what that thing might be. Right. So, and I, I think, I think that is true more and more, um, as you know, industries have changed and our ability to be creative as problem solvers and communicators is more and more critical, uh, in terms of being able to find a way to support yourself and your family yeah. or to find what you want to do in, in life because the world has changed in a big yeah. way. Yeah, those um, so jobs that, are changing, the gig economy, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, and, and really, innovation is born from that ability to think creatively and to use the skills you have and to see how they might apply to problems. And having different perspectives coming at problems uh, is born from that as well. Yeah. So without giving away, you know, any of the, any of the story uh, plot lines. I mean, everything you just said is really a lot of what is is in Iggy Peck Architect and Rosie Revere Engineer and Ada Twist Scientist. They, they're stories of kids and figuring out what they like to do and want to do. Yeah, that's that's right. Actually, when I write them, I take um, the approach of I, I'm not necessarily even exploring, setting out to explore engineering or science or architecture or whatever the next kid might be doing. Uh, I like to explore themes of perseverance and passion or curiosity, um, those Mm -hmm. kinds of things, because I think that makes a very human story. And that's always the most interesting thing to me. And they happen to be in the context of engineering or science, because Mm -hmm. those are, those are human endeavors that are full of um, personality and full of all of those traits. And I, I'm very happy that they have connected to kids in the way they have. And I think it's because they explore, you know, curiosity. Every kid is curious. So for them to be able to, to see a kid who's curious and Oh, by the way, they happen to be a scientist. Well, maybe I could be a scientist too. You know? So I I think that's why they've connected and it makes it fun for me. I really enjoy it. (laughs) Well, and and it seems as, as I've read through uh, the books uh, and by the way, I mean, they're available everywhere. Uh, you would definitely recognize them, educators, if you saw them. They they have this graph paper like uh, like look to the to the cover, so they they really stand out. They they they're very uh, well drawn, very well written. Um, you did a great job on oh, them, thank Andrea. Um, but, thank you. The yeah, illustrations it, are amazing. Oh yeah. yeah. And um, but but I one of the themes that I I felt as I was reading through them, the, and and I think all kids feel this at times. This that aspect of doubt that am I am I really doing something good or doing something right? 
Um, that yeah, probably, absolutely. Probably that most famous, you know, quote I've seen of, of yours that gets shared so often on Twitter out there. Um, and, and you can find Andrea Beatty uh, at Andrea Beatty on, on Twitter as well. Um, but it's, it's um, the only true failure can come if you quit. Um, just how, how, yes. how simple that is. Well, I, that's one of the moments when in writing that really just sometimes you get really lucky and you find just the heart of a book and it sort of snaps into place unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And that was the case with Rosie Revere um, because I was writing that book and I knew there had to be a problem and I didn't know how, how the story was going to unfold. And when I brought in the character, um, great, great aunt Rose, who's mm-hmm. Rosie the Riveter basically. And I brought her in just as a way to say thanks to my aunt who was a Rosie the Riveter and also, you know, all of the, all of the women out there who were Rosie the Riveters and played such an important part in our history. Um, Whenever she shows up and that it all sort of snapped together. And that's the lesson that she imparts to Rosie who, you know, does fail. And the thing about failing is that's just how you learn. But we have gotten somehow into the space where we look at it, at failing at something as, oh, that's the end of the road. And kids become very, kids particularly become very, um, you know, risk averse. And I I understand, you know, why we have all of the testing and things we do, but I do think that is a side effect, an unintended consequence of our focus on testing is that when you have to prepare so, so much for the right answer and the wrong answer, you lose the time and the brain space to be able to process but what if I do it this way and the failures that come with that and the exploration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you know, I think kids become anxious, like, Oh, I'm going to get it wrong. Yeah, you will get it wrong. You probably get it wrong about a thousand times and that's good. <laughs> as long as you keep learning from it and you, yeah. you know, you keep trying and, and exploring things and seeing where it takes you. Yeah. So it- Yeah. And, and, and you, you, you build all those in there. Um, and, and, and now at the same time, uh, I love that you have, you have three new books that are uh, the big project book for bold engineers and for amazing architects and for stellar scientists. So you have these, these work along side to, to really engage in, and use them as a jumping point for your kids, your classroom. Uh, you have teacher's guides on the website. Uh, you have posters available to hang up in your classroom, which are beautiful posters again. They are. They're beautiful. I'm so in love with those. Um, Yeah. So the project books have been so much fun to work on. And the idea behind them is, again, to help kids just sort of get used to the ideas that that maybe uh, some of the foundational ideas behind being a scientist. Scientists are curious. Scientists um, look at things in new ways. Scientists are creative. So to help kids look at at themselves and to do exercises or brainstorming and some hands-on things as well. So it's sort of a mix of all those and to to think about themselves like, well, I am, I'm curious. Maybe I could be a scientist. I look at things creatively. Here's an example. I've done this. Maybe I could be a scientist or an engineer Um, and to have fun with them as well, because being playful, I think, you know, all of this stuff, if you can't have fun when you're doing science, oh man, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) You're doing it wrong. No, you got to be making a mess and you got to be, you know, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I love exactly. your, your books look so clean and so clear, but yet they look like a mess. Like this kid is creating and scribbling and draw, scratching something out and building something. You, know, you, know, you think of the maker space yeah, movement, you know, and, 
Oh, exactly, exactly. And I have to say, and, and this is completely hats off to um, our publisher, but also to David Roberts, who is the illustrator, and he is truly a genius. And one of the things that I'm always astonished by is how much, how, how simple and clean the illustrations look, but when you dive in, the amount of detail there is remarkable. Oh, yeah. So Iggy Pack came out 10 years ago, and I still find details and jokes and Easter eggs and connections in that book and in all of them. So there are lots of Easter eggs that tie them together, uh, including our fourth book together, which is not part of the series, but it's called Happy Birthday, Madame Chapeau. And in that book, um, you know, Iggy Peck's parents show up. So there are, there are these connections between all of them. So like in Ada Twist, the blocks spell out Lovelace because her namesake is Ada Lovelace. Oh. Little tiny hidden things that really on, you know, the 10th reading, maybe uh, a kid will pick up and go, oh, what's that? So I think it's, I think it's a, a real act of respect to the kids. And it's something I've tried to do in the language I use when I write. I uh-huh. always just try to use the correct word, whatever the word is. And that may be a really enormous word or maybe a very tiny word. Um, sometimes it can be a somewhat silly made up word. Right. But always, you know, respecting children enough to know that they can handle whatever it is you're going to throw at them. And David does that with the illustrations as well. So I I think they feed off each other very well. And in fact, at this point, what happens is David does these marvelous illustrations and I look in the pictures and I find clues for who the next kid might be and what, what they might, um, you know, what, what might be their interest. So at this point we have three books to look at and I, I sit and I look at each character over and over and over. And that's, that's how Rosie happened because I looked at all those kids in the class in Iggy Peck and it's a marvelous class full of every kind of kid. Um, But after looking for a while, I noticed there was the one girl who you never see both of her eyes. And I thought, well, what's her story? What's she's shy, but what else is going on? And then that started sort of, getting me thinking and, and the, the story grew from that and Ada Twist also from the illustration in Iggy Peck where she's standing off to the side while everyone's gathering the tools they're going to use to build this bridge yep. in, the, in the plot uh, and she's the kid who's standing there tapping her chin and she's thinking and I'm like that kid is curious and she's trying to figure things out I bet she's a scientist so it, it gives sort of an organic thing. And then whenever I write the text, then David comes back with this whole other set of illustrations that now is new inspiration. So wow. it's, I think, a, a very unique way, process of, of doing books that I, I absolutely love. It's sort of like we're both parents and we each know something about these kids, but we don't necessarily know the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and we, it's wonderful. So yeah. much fun. Wow. That is, that is so cool. I mean, now I'm, now I'm just thinking, I want to go back and reread through these books. And, and, and I guess I, I could imagine as, as a teacher, you could have your kids read these books and then say, okay, now you make up a story about one of the kids in this class. Oh yeah. I think that's one of the fun things. Um, that's a great writing prompt, you know, oh. go through and explore them and what do you think they would do? And, and yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah. 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 So and, and just uh, a couple, a couple other things here, here real quick and, and definitely check out uh, all of Andrea's books um, available. Uh, check out Andrea Um But uh, I, I read something on, on, on about you that you said you love musicals, you'll break out into song. So I, I really have to ask, are, 
Are you ever going to do a musical of your books? Are you going to, ah, or a play? Yes, there is a musical. There is a musical, and it's going <laughs> to be out next summer. Wow. So, uh, a marvelous, a marvelous uh, group called Theater Works USA yep. in New York is putting together right now um, the Rosie Revere musical, but I'm not sure what the name will end up being. I think it's going to be Rosie Revere. I'm not sure that's totally settled, but it's actually about all three kids wow. and Miss Greer uh, and Aunt Rose. And uh, it will be out and it's one of the, it's about an hour long and it's a, a kid's musical and it will go around the country. Yep. It will start in New York this next summer. And I got to see sort of a very early workshopping of it. And it's so much fun. Wow. Wow. I'm thrilled about it. I'm you, absolutely you, you thrilled. You have a cameo in it. <laughs> uh, that would probably be bad, and everyone would run out of the theater <laughs> screaming. <laughs> because while I may wish to be a great Broadway star, I can tell you that is the thing that is never going to happen, <laughs> and for good reason. <laughs> oh, I, <I'm, laughs> because I can't sing and I can't dance. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll move on from that. Um, couple couple real quick last things. Um, definitely check out the books. Um, but um, I wanted to ask you uh, one last thing about about one of the characters that shows up, and that's Miss Lila Greer. Um, yeah. One 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 of those quotes. I, I there's lines in in uh, in one of the books. After twelve long days that passed in a haze of reading, writing, and arithmetic. Yeah. What, what teacher can't imagine that? What student, what kid can't imagine that going on? <laughs> it's true. And it was probably in reality only like 30 minutes, but it probably <laughs> felt like 12 days. <laughs> but but um, did you have yeah. an inspiration for Miss? I mean, I don't want you to say what teacher, you know, you base that on. Of course, that'd be, that'd be you know, un, unfair. I, I really didn't. And I have to say, and sometimes I, I have mixed feelings about Miss Lila Greer. I adore her. Uh, but I feel a little bad that I made her sort of a foil for Iggy. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of wish I could go back and, you know, give her more humanity. <laughs> she's, pretty, <laughs> she's pretty stiff and, and architectural, actually, in shape and yeah. in action. Um, but Cause, I, cause I actually not think a lot about her. Yeah, they are not are all not like that. Very, <laughs> very few teachers are like her at all. Yeah. Uh, but having said that, I one of the things I learned about the process is the whole scene where she goes and we get the backstory of why she is, um, you know, sort of very freaked out about architecture mm -hmm. uh, was really, you know, early days in my writing time and that really came from my editor at the time who was like, okay, so she doesn't like architecture. Why not? Oh, I don't know. You know, so I had to think of why she didn't and thus it ends up being, you know, involving a French circus troupe and cheese and yeah. an elevator. And I think that would really stunt us all emotionally in some way. If we oh, experience I would be, that. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a bad thing. Um, but I, I would actually like to someday explore her, her story and what led her, to be a teacher because I think she is a, actually ends up being a fantastic teacher. And, and through time, I hope that that will, you know, be able to unfold more with these kids That's great. Um, because, you know, she starts the world in this frightened sort of uptight place, but I clearly by the time she's getting to Ada, she's allowing the kind of mess of things happening well with, with uh, Mentos and soda and colorful <laughs> paint going everywhere. So she loosened up a little bit begrudgingly maybe. But. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I mean, as, as teachers, you know, you can, you can look at, at that teacher and, and say, you know, Hey kids, um, if, 
if you're not careful, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna act like Miss Greer. I'm not gonna let you <laughs> have fun. In the I'm gonna go Lila on you. Don't do yeah, it. I'm go. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag go Lila. Um, <laughs> there you go. So um, one one last quick question, and it's been great uh, chatting with you today, Andrea. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. And hopefully, teachers, uh, educators, even parents, especially, are getting the idea that that uh, children's books can can have science and technology, engineering, math themes built right in. Um, that if you're a, a science, technology, engineering, math kind of person, you can still write uh, incredible stories. Uh, those are all great lessons for uh, for teachers and for and for parents and kids. But um, I always like to ask if you could actually sit down with somebody, have dinner together with with a scientist, mathematician, engineer, would you, past or present? You got you got an idea, Andrea? Um, yeah, I'd probably go back in time. And there's actually two two people that come to mind right off the top of my head, and I'm sure hundreds of fights that yeah, yeah. It'd be a it'd be a big party ultimately. Exactly. Um, but I I would love to meet Carl Sagan. Yeah. Um, you know, because whenever I was in high school or like late middle school and high school, you know, that was when Cosmos was on. And that was, that was remarkable. I come from a very small town. We, we didn't have science classes until I think I was in eighth grade when we finally had any science. Wow. Um, so, I mean, well, I was from a town of 300 people and it was long ago and yeah. um, I'm sure they do a lot of things now, but yeah. Um, so to have, to have someone on television and public television was a massive force in my, in my upbringing, uh, because it really did bring the world to this little, you know, living room in this tiny town. Yeah. Um, but to have somebody really explaining the universe and everything in it in a way that was, you know, smart and funny and all of those things really was a, a, a pivotal thing for me and, and for, you know, a number of people in my family, my brother included, who's a scientist, um, and then the other person I would love to meet is Hedy Lamar, oh, yeah. who was, uh, you know, this, I only ever really knew her as, um, the starlet and this amazing actress, but you know, she was an inventor and a scientist and, yeah. um, brought us all kinds of amazing things, including sort of the precursors to Wi-Fi. And, uh, I would love to talk with her and. I'd love to have her actually come to this time and take a look at how women are in the STEM fields and um, sort of, you know, get her take as a person who was always very underestimated in terms of what she could do and, you know, and yet did so much. So I'd love to meet her. And and in fact, you're actually not the first person to say Hedy Lamar, which is, which is pretty cool. So, um, yeah. Oh, and, and you were saying about not having science and I'm thinking you had science cause you went out in the yard and you played and yes. you were creating and inventing and, and everything. And that is science. That is absolutely science, but it was kind of roll your own science in a way that, that I just thought everybody did. And that's, that's one thing I am so excited and delighted by the maker movement because yeah. that was just what we did. We didn't have money. So if we needed something, we made it. Um, and that was just what you did. So to see kids get now introduced to this as the fun thing that it is and the creative process that making things can bring is, is wonderful, but no, absolutely we did. But to see people like, Oh, you actually can learn about the universe and have a career doing that or, you know, those kind of things. That's big. I, I, as, as you know, a female, I, I really didn't have role models, um, 
until college probably until I started really learning more about, you know, history science and, and some astronauts and things were happening you know, at that point. Right. Yeah. And those stories just yeah. weren't shared and, and um, no. weren't, weren't known about and now they are. And that's, and that's part of the great, um, the great part about today. And, and, and again, the great part about your books is you're, oh, thank you're, you. you're making these great characters to, to inspire kids and, and every book, and with your teacher guides, you know, available on your website at andreabady.com and, and even just, even just the extra stuff that you've got, especially always towards the end of your books, uh, where it, where it kind of gives oh. a taste of, of the extra science and, and extra information behind it. It's a great jumping off point for any kid, any classroom. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I think that's important to give a little context of how the stories fit into the world. And also, um, often those notes are about trying to recognize the people who came before because we're not, you know, nobody lives in a vacuum and nobody lives in a historical vacuum. And, and if we have the chance to do amazing things now, it, it really is because of the giants who came before us. Yeah. And I, I always think it's right to, to say thank you to them. Uh, I can just say one last thing that, that yeah. I think the most important thing we can do in terms of looking forward to, to getting STEM to be, you know, just pervasive in our society, which is really essential. I think right. it's essential that all of our citizens are scientifically literate, no yeah. matter what careers they might choose. But I think starting at a very, very, very young age yeah. and changing the discussion about science from a thing that you learn to a process yeah. that it's just about questioning. It's like you said earlier, just, you know, going out in the field, that is science. So becoming comfortable that science is just, it's just what you do. It's just process of questioning and then thinking about answers and exploring them and such. Yeah. Um, I think if, if we can do that, it's going to make a big difference in our future. I, I, I think you're, I think you're right, Andrea. And, and actually your posters uh, on your website are exactly that read question and think. And, and yes. that's, that's exactly it. So Andrea. Yes, and those are awesome. I love them. They're beautiful. They are. <laughs> they're, they're phenomenal. Yeah. Everything, everything. Yeah. And, and you're phenomenal, Andrea. You're, Oh, thank you. <laughs> Keep up the good work. I would, I would love to, to chat with you for hours more, but um, we, we need to go out and be scientists and we need to go out and okay. inspire more scientists uh, all on our own. So um, thank you for, for joining us on the show today, Andrea. Thank you very much for having me and keep up the, the great podcast. Yeah. And, and, and as always, check out all the great uh, podcasts. And again, this was Andrea Beatty. Uh, check her out on Twitter at Andrea Beatty, B-E-A-T-Y. Uh, or andreabeatty.com and, and find her books and get them and bring them into your school and get them in your classroom and get them in the hands of kids that you know. Give them as Christmas gifts. Give them as birthday presents. Any chance you get. <laughs> fire a kid. So, um, <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, thanks again for checking out uh, this podcast. Subscribe to the STEM Everyday Podcast and all the great podcasts on Remarkable Chatter, and we'll talk to you again next time. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com.